Welcome to Creative Biolabs Science Channel. Creative Biolabs is a specialized contract research organization supporting mRNA studies with all-round solutions covering mRNA synthesis, modification, and mRNA therapeutics development. With an unwavering pursuit of innovation and lifelong learning, we keep on producing podcast series related to mRNA technology based on our knowledge and practical experience gained through years of exploration in this area. Subscribe to our channel and keep updated with our podcasts. Good evening, dear friends. Thank you for tuning in to Creative Biolabs podcast. Today, we again invited our old friend David to our program. Thank you for joining us, David. In today's podcast, we are going to discuss the process of short hairpin RNA encoding vectors entering cells. Since the first description of the RNA interference mechanism in the nematode Cenerobditis elegans, RNA interference began to replace alternative gene silencing techniques such as antisense and ribozyme technologies. David, can you tell us more about the mechanism of RNA interference? Thank you for your invitation. I'm very excited to be here. And sure, RNA interference is a cellular reaction process in which double-stranded RNA is introduced into cells to induce the degradation of specific gene messenger RNA. This process involves a variety of proteins. So the interference mechanism can be realized at transcription, post-transcription, and translation levels. At the transcriptional level, the interference mechanism is to change the chromatin structure of the target gene so that the gene transcription is limited and leads to the closure of the expression system. I have seen report that double-stranded small interfering RNA with a length of about 21 nucleotides can trigger RNA interference pathways in mammalian cells. This discovery has promoted the use of this technology in many biomedical research laboratories around the world. What do you think the implications are for life science research? RNA interference is now a widely distributed mature technology for high-throughput analysis and functional research. In addition to its potential as a powerful laboratory tool, more importantly, I think RNA interference platforms will provide the possibility for clinical application. It is well known that in complex diseases, such as cancer, a variety of cellular pathways composed of a variety of interacting factors change under normal function. Since you mentioned their clinical applications, more specifically, what role can RNA interference play in cancer treatment? Well results from some research tell us that RNA interference technology is behind the development of new targeted anti-cancer drugs. In addition to proteins acting on classic carcinogenic pathways, factors involved in the treatment of drug resistance, especially multi-drug resistance, are also very suitable as targets for therapeutic RNA interference effects. But a large number of clinical data showed that multi-drug resistance is one of the main causes of cancer chemotherapy failure. Can you tell us what multidrug resistance is and its mechanism in cancer cells, as well as some of the reasons for multidrug resistance? Multidrug resistance refers to the phenomenon that when tumor cells are resistant to a chemotherapeutic drug, they are also cross-resistant to other untouched drugs with different structures and mechanisms of action. Drug resistance of tumors involves many mechanisms, such as the decrease of intracellular drug concentration, the change of drug target molecules, metabolic detoxification, imbalance of DNA damage repair function, and so on. There are many reasons for multi-drug resistance. 
Among them, increased expression of ATP binding cassette transporter multidrug resistance gene 1 and P-glycoprotein is one of the big reasons which can lead to the classical multidrug resistance phenotype. P-glycoprotein has an energy-dependent drug pump function, which can pump lipophilic chemotherapeutic drugs with positive charge out of the cell in reverse concentration, so that the chemotherapeutic drugs in the cell cannot reach the effective concentration and produce drug resistance. This phenotype is characterized by cross-resistance to structurally and functionally unrelated anti-cancer drugs, such as vinblastine, anthracycline, or taxanes. Researchers have found that overexpression of P-glycoprotein may be involved in the primary drug resistance mechanism of breast cancer. Can the classical multidrug resistance phenotype be reversed by inhibiting the function or expression of multidrug resistance gene 1 and P-glycoprotein, so as to improve the effectiveness of chemotherapy? Good question. The short answer is we don't know yet. Since the early 1980s, the ability of a series of compounds to overcome multidrug resistance gene 1 and P-glycoprotein-mediated multidrug resistance has been studied. However, so far, clinical trials of these compounds have not been successful. So right now, scientists are trying to develop new compounds or strategies to avoid or reduce multidrug resistance mediated by multidrug resistance gene 1 and P-glycoprotein and improve clinical efficacy and applicability. What about the development of small interfering RNA? Can this be a strategy to solve the problem? Although siRNAs seem to be the easiest way to trigger RNA interference as a therapeutic agent in cancer gene therapy, they can only mediate short-term therapeutic effects. So any new strategies developed to make up for this shortcoming? Sure. Expression vectors encoding siRNA like short hairpin RNAs have been developed to allow long-term production of therapeutic RNA in target cells. In this regard, the application of RNAi in different tumor models has successfully reversed multidrug resistance mediated by multidrug resistance gene 1 and P-glycoprotein. When we talk about short hairpin RNAs, do you know if the plasmid vector containing short hairpin RNA expression cassette has any structural characteristics? They usually use type 3 RNA polymerases-specific promoters, such as H1 RNA promoter or U6 RNA promoter. These type 3 RNA polymerases-dependent promoters have clear transcription initiation and termination signals, which are composed of five consecutive thymidine residues. These promoters can be used to direct the synthesis of small RNA molecules of interest lacking a polyadenosine polyadenylate tail. Can you elaborate more in detail of this synthesis process? Sure. Here is how our lab does it. The RNA transcript is cleaved at the termination site after the second uridine. Therefore, the type 3 RNA polymerases promoter directed synthesis of small RNAs is similar to the chemically synthesized siRNA containing two 3-foot overhanging thymidines or uridine ends. In short hairpin RNAs, the sequence of interest consists of a 19-nucleotide sequence homologous to the target messenger RNA, linked with a 5-11-nucleotide spacer sequence to the reverse complement of the same 19-nucleotide target-specific sequence. The synthesized RNA transcript folds back to its complementary strand to form a 19-base pair short hairpin RNA molecule, which is then processed into corresponding siRNA by Dizer, and from the previous episode, you know Dizer is an endonuclease-3-like enzyme, 
Then this siRNA enters the gene silencing RNA interference pathway. It has been reported that the effective delivery of therapeutic DNA, encoded by short hairpin RNA, is still one of the main problems in the successful application of gene therapy. Any method to solve this problem yet? So far, in addition to the development of virus-based delivery strategy, we have also developed a variety of non-virus transfer system technologies that are in in-depth studies. In this case, transferring naked DNA for gene therapy is an alternative to virus and liposome gene transfer technology. Speaking of naked DNA, what are the technologies and means available to transfer it? Oh, there are many different in vitro and in vivo procedures that are used to deliver naked DNA into the desired cells or tissues, such as simple needle injection, particle bombardment, in vivo electroporation, or jet injection. Can you tell us the advantages of these technologies using specific examples? These non-viral technologies have many advantages, such as avoiding the use of recombinant virus particles, reducing or no immune stimulation potential, and no toxicity. Most of them are used in DNA vaccine research. For these intradermal or intramuscular applications, Naked DNA has been proved to be the most effective DNA vaccine against viral infection or cancer in many animal models. Which transfer technology do you think is the most popular? I'd vote for the jet injection technology because it allows gene transfer to different tissues and allows naked DNA to penetrate different tissues more deeply. In addition, jet injection technology is based on a small volume of jets which are ejected at high speed and generate forces that penetrate the target tissue and transfect the affected area. In addition, this injection system provides the possibility of applying more than one DNA construct to the tissue at the same time, resulting in the expression of two or more different gene products. It will produce a wide range of transgenic expression regions in the tissue of jet injection. And if you apply this technique in vivo, it will not cause tissue damage or obvious inflammatory reaction at the spray site. Wow, any clinical data to prove its efficiency and safety yet? Yeah, currently, there is a phase I clinical gene transfer trial going on. From its published data, it seems that they have confirmed the safety and efficacy for gene transfer of tumor lesions in cancer patients. We have again come to the end of today's program. Today, we learned that RNA interference through the expression of short hairpin RNA is an effective method of gene silencing therapy. In several experiments, for local intratumoral delivery of naked short hairpin RNA encoding vector constructs, the non-viral jet injection was used. The injection syringe system uses compressed air to inject a small amount of naked nucleic acid solution into tumor tissue. The safety of this highly efficient DNA transfer technology has been demonstrated in clinical studies. That's it everyone. Thank you for listening. We will continue our discussions in the next episode. See you then.